everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am Kelly O and today on the show I am joined by Kim Gustafson, the founder of a company called Opedix. I'll tell you why I'm having him on the show in a second. And he's also co-joined, if you will, by Dr. Mike Decker, who is the science guy, for lack of a better way of saying it, uh, behind this incredible product line. Now, before we move further, you guys know I'm very picky about who I have on the show, particularly if I'm going to have somebody who's the founder of the company, CEO. Um, I'm very selective. And the only time I'm going to have someone who is, again, the founder of a company on the show is if I know that there is either A, a really unique and relevant story behind, you know, like how did this product come to be? Um, We actually have several founders coming up with very unique backstories to how this product came to be. Um, A lot of these more on the food side of things. And I had these folks on the show because, you know, when you think about the fact that they were solving a health problem that they experienced in their personal lives, that usually ends up being a pretty extraordinary product. And in this case, Opedics is an apparel brand, but I'm going to call it a a performance apparel brand. Um, When I first connected with these guys and looked at their website, at first I thought, oh, it's a compression gear company, you know, and certainly both when this show is called Fitfluential Radio, when I was running uh, Fitfluential, we worked with a lot of companies that offered compression gear. And a lot of you runners out there, marathoners, triathletes, this is something that you use. Um, And most of the people that I know that use compression gear are using it for recovery. What I have discovered and why I asked these guys to come on the show is they've developed something. And this, the development of this started way back, I'm pretty sure in 2002, 2003. So this is years in the making, um, years of testing. And ultimately the way that I'm going to summarize it for you as Joe consumer, not a scientist is They've developed this apparel that is going to help 
you both when you're working out, when you are active, and when you are in recovery to really, in a maximum way, decrease the stress on the joints and the muscles. And and that sounds overly simple, and you'll understand it more when you hear um, Dr. Mike Decker talk a lot about the science behind how this works. And so for me, I think when I understood how many people this can help from athletes at high school level, college level, um, professional athletes, um, to folks that are CrossFitters, runners, marathoners, triathletes, people that are outdoorsmen, outdoors men and women, if you will. They're hiking, they're um, you know, doing any kind of outdoor activity. This is going to dramatically, this is far beyond a compression sock or compression sleeve. This is like next level advanced science that I know all of you, those of you that are really hardcore, really serious about your running, marathoning, crossfitting game, you're an avid outdoorsman, uh, sportsman, you're an, a diehard athlete, you're in serious training. This is a technology that you're going to want to hear about. And and what I also love, we're going to talk about this on another show and share with you, they also have a nonprofit organization that is dedicated strictly to researching how to prevent injury in athletes that are starting, you know, for even children. And I love that because how many of you are parents who have really active kids in any number of sports activities? Um, You're going to want to hear more about that. And these people are just very passionate about developing this line of apparel and expanding it because it works so well. When I heard some of the success stories of people who have experienced crazy injury and were able to rehabilitate using this apparel line. I just, I knew that this would be worth it for me to have these guys on and interview them in great detail about how that, the how and the why behind this, what I believe is a remarkable brand Opedics. So just wanted to, to give you a strong introduction here, because again, I always put myself in your shoes. And if I was in your shoes and I said, oh, well, they're just going to interview two people from, you know, an apparel company. I don't want to tune in for that. This is why I had these guys in the show. And I really think you will learn quite a lot about injury, how our body works, um, how stabilization. And again, this apparel is designed, why it's designed the, the way it is to, again, dramatically minimize the stress on our muscles and our joints when we're working out, when we're in recovery. You're really going to want to tune into this. I get I'm I'm confident that all of you who are, you know, die-hard fitness people are going to want to get yourself some of these and I noticed it's funny when we were recording, I was pulling up the website and I noticed on several pieces they're sold out already. So, um, I think this is going to be a big hit and I think you're going to all really interview this interview. So sit back and enjoy. This is a two-part interview. It's about just shy of an hour total. Um, but make sure you listen to both parts one and two. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O show. I'm very excited to have my two guests with me today. I have the founder of a great company called Opedics. You'll understand why once we dive in here, Kim Gustafson, hopefully I said your name correctly, and the science guy, I, he told me I could call him that, the science guy behind uh, this 
very, very, very cool uh, apparel company. Uh, Dr. Mike Decker is with us as well. So I welcome both of you to the show. Kim, Dr. Mike, are you ready to dive in and talk? Absolutely. I'm going to take that as a yes from both of you. <laughs> it's hard to say yes when there's two other people on the show, but we're going to go ahead and go. Um, I told everybody, you guys, in the introduction why I wanted you on the show. And I don't, I take pride in the fact that I don't have a lot of, you know, we could, we could probably have no shortage of founders of companies who want to be on the show and just, it would be an infomercial, right? Talking about their product. I'm very, very picky about who I'm going to have on the show. And the bottom line is for everybody listening, you guys know this about me. I will ask somebody to be on the show if there is a really cool, unique story behind, you know, like we've got somebody coming on in the future. Um, it's a collagen company. And the story behind why this collagen company came to be, it's a very popular brand, is really cool because it's the founder who had a problem with a family member and was seeking to find a solution. And that's how one of these very popular products came to be. So when there's a unique story like that, that it relates to everyone's health and wellness in their life, I think that's a cool interview to have. What I also think is cool, which is more relevant to today's chat, is when there's something, there's a product that I know, whether it's apparel or food or it's a piece of equipment, whatever, if I know it's something that is completely different than anything that's on the market and it's going to appeal to so many of you because it's going to help with your performance, with your recovery or both, then that to me is something where I'm like, this merits a deeper talk because I know you guys probably don't know about this. And so for me, when I happened upon this company, Opedics, and I looked at what their product line was, I was like, wow, this is something that a lot of our people are going to be interested in, whether it's runners, triathletes, crossfitters, gym rats, yogis, whoever. Anybody who is, you know, needing to deal with improved performance, um, certainly recovery, and I know that there's a lot more we're going to talk about today, you're going to be interested in this. So this is why I've had these gentlemen on. Um, but let's start with a little bit of background because um, Kim, Dr. Mike, for everybody listening right now, when they're listening to this the first time around, it's probably their first time hearing about you. So Kim, I'm going to direct this first question to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to the point of founding this company and why? Like, what, what was it that led you to say, there's a problem that, that isn't being served here and I need, to, you know, I need to develop something to address these problems for athletes and fitness freaks? And fitness freaks is a term of affection. Yes, well, I'll start with saying that uh, after spending the better part of 20 years in international business uh, and based in London, England, I decided to dramatically change my lifestyle. And though the international business experience was enriching, after logging 1.2 million miles on British Airways jets, wow. it was time to change. No kidding. So uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to burn out if I keep doing this. So I relocated to Vail Valley in 2002. And my goal was to become an alpine ski instructor for Vail and semi-retire. Awesome. Uh, I, I did achieve getting uh, uh, approved to be a ski instructor. I qualified for that. And everything was going well, except my left knee was not cooperating. So I made an appointment uh, to have Dr. Richard Stedman, 
Uh, he was the founder of what is now referred to as the Stedman Clinic, which is a, a probably the most premier orthopedic uh, clinic in the in the world. And I wanted him to evaluate my knee. And it wasn't long before I ended up having my first of multiple knee surgical procedures. Uh, after recovering from my second knee surgical procedure, Dr. Stedman had me wearing this hard functional knee brace uh, while I skied. I found that to be really uncomfortable and clunky. And I, I, I'm well based in London. I had worked with several product engineers and designers, and I knew Dr. Stedman had developed a group of biomechanic research scientists to work with him. So even though I grew accustomed to that hard brace, I began to wonder whether there could be a more pliable and comfortable form of knee support. So I asked Dr. Stedman if I might discuss some of my ideas with his research scientist. And during 2003, I had my first meeting with Michael Torrey and Michael Decker, who both are, have PhD degrees in biomechanics. Uh, after a few meetings, we decided to develop a prototype pair of uh, what we refer to as compression tights with uh, directional, directional banding. And the focus was basically designing those for injury prevention and enhancing performance. And during 2002, uh, none of us knew where we could get something, especially a one-off product uh, prototype made, but we found a, a seamstress who made costumes for a local high school in East Colorado. <laughs> That's awesome. And construct our first pair of Opedics prototype, uh, of Opedics types, excuse me. And then we went into uh, uh, the testing phase. And uh, I think uh, Dr. Decker can address the, this, how, how, how we proceeded with the testing and the results and how that, how that uh, went forward. I have a question before before we let Dr. Mike chime in, because um, this is this is a pretty. I, I don't know if you realize it when, but when I hear your story, it, I'm like, wow. Number one, you know, you have this crazy, which I can relate to, and so many of our listeners can. Um, crazy business lifestyle. You're you're close to burnout, right? So many of us have, and it's something I'm passionate about addressing in this country in particular. We glorify workaholism way too much. Um, and people don't realize it will catch up with you. So I love that you brought that up. But then, you know, you're telling this story and you're saying, well, I moved out to Vail. I'm going to be a ski instructor. It kind of reminds me of a lot of, I've met several lawyers who have left the law practice to go down to Miami and they're like running a surf shop and they love it, you know, because for them, it's just, I, I, my stress is down. I'm chill. My blood pressure's down, you know, whatever. But you went from, from such a, an extreme change for the better. And suddenly you had this problem where you're wearing this, you know, horrific hard knee brace that's supposed to help you. Now, this is my, my first question. The, the knee brace you were wearing at the time was supposed to just help you be able to ski. It wasn't going to improve your performance. People that are wearing braces like that, it's because they have a knee issue and it's going to help them in that case, ski, or maybe it's basketball or whatever. It's really just so they can function correctly. Like, like a brace like that historically would not help somebody 
it wouldn't make their performance in that sport better. Is that accurate? Yeah, I don't think it really was developed for uh, enhancing performance. I think it was developed in my particular situation. I know these knee braces uh, can do a lot of different things, but I had issues with my ACL and uh, Mm. it was meant to uh, take load off my knee and reduce pain so I could uh, ski with less pain than I was accustomed to if I were skiing without that brace. Okay. And so here you are wearing this bulky brace. It's awkward and, and it's just, you know, not doing the job, but then you, you very fluently made this, this leap from, well, I, I saw that this wasn't working well and I thought something could be better. And then suddenly you're 2003, you have a prototype and you have somebody stitching up, you know, gear that's going to help not only do what the brace does, but improve performance. Were there other steps in between there where you realized like that there's something bigger here other than just giving people support for when, you know, they have knee issues? Because a lot of people listening here have ACL issues. A lot of people have had a lot of knee surgeries. So a lot of folks are going to be interested in this. And then I know we're going to branch out and talk about how Opedics uh, gear can help in, in more ways. But I'm just curious, in the, in the ideation phases, did you envision f- at first, hey, I'm going to create something that people can wear that's going to be more comfortable, but it's also going to do other things? Or was that it happened as, as an evolution along the way? Let me address that question in a couple ways. Number one, uh, there's an issue in the medical field with hard braces called compliance which means you're meant to wear this uh, a brace, whether it's for your golfing or skiing or whatever, when you're, when you're uh, involved in that, uh, that activity. If you don't wear it, uh, it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of compliance issues with hard uh, functional bracing because people just don't like to wear them, so they don't wear them. Mm-hmm. So our objective was to come out with something that was uh, more user-friendly, if you will, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, much a lot more comfortable and it it went it went the direction of uh, compression tights with uh, this banding uh, non-stress banding which had a lot of effects on potential injury prevention and enhancement of performance but this was all hypothetical when we when we developed we thought it worked but it wasn't until we took it in a laboratory environment that we we knew we had the, we had something that actually actually was uh, our goal is to create something that was user friendly, and we felt would be a lot more uh, compliant than the hard functional brace. So cool! Um, I can't I can't wait to hear more. I really am. I'm finding this incredibly fascinating, especially like the two of you. You've been a deep dive in your business for a while, um, but for people like me, you know, there's things that even with me running a fitness business and being exposed to some pretty cool products, it still fascinates me just as a fitness freak consumer to see things like, you know, when I see athletes putting tape on themselves and supposedly that, that, I mean, I've never used any of that. Um, But, you know, my only exposure to compression gear was socks and arms, arm bands for runners. Um, And it was more, it was really much more about recovery um, and my understanding was that it, it brought blood flow and, and, and nothing like what you guys offer. So I can't wait to hear about the evolution of this. I think, Kim, you were asking Dr. Mike to elaborate a little bit more on some of this, this early part. Would this be a good time for you to 
to chime in, Dr. Mike, because to me, I'm thinking about apparel. How does apparel start to do what a hard metal, uncomfortable brace can do? Sure. Yeah, this is a good time. So let, let me do a little bit of, of background as well. And and what was interesting, just before um, we met Kim down there in the in the dark laboratory, where it's just a couple of biomechanists <laughs> slaving away and just figuring out how to how to basically develop the laboratory itself, uh, we we did a lot of of research, just like not research in terms of uh, comparisons, but we did a lot of research on bracing in general because. Mm-hmm. Being in orthopedics, we, we wanted to know what's out there, why are, how are they different, and how can we, you know, some maybe down the road improve it. And if you looked at some of the, the patents on bracing, um, a lot of the patents for knee bracing, ankle bracing, post-op bracing, all of those are, are, were first patented back around the Civil War. Oh, wow. And so, and so, there's a, <laughs> so they're pretty antiquated with regards to some of, of their ideas. and. We, we started kind of playing around with um, some of the different types of materials that we could put on the body. And so what we did kind of at first, we had this kind of a, a sleeve on our knee and we started playing around with some of our um, elastic strapping. So we kind of wrapped it around, did it wrapped around a different way, then wrapped around a different way. And we developed our own little, we call the tibial torque tester, where you sat down and you can twist your foot out, which would basically bring your lower leg rotate out as well, mm-hmm. or bring it in. And so we can see what was the effect of certain types of fabrics or combination of fabrics um, that could actually um, influence how the knee moved mechanically. So we found out right away that we didn't have to have a, a hinge or a shell to actually influence the, the amount that the knee was actually moving given under a given load and under a given rotational force. And wow. so that was that was kind of a moment where we had like a really eye-opening moment and then we kind of high-fived and backslapped and then we just kept doing <laughs> our own thing. And then that's when we uh, met Mr. Gustafson and he was interested in, in some ideas of, of what we could wear or what someone could wear that maybe is not as powerfully as strong as a, as a hinge and, and shell, but would actually accumulate uh, to a overall better experience or better support of the knee. And so that was where I'm like, yes, we actually do have an idea. <laughs> we do have an idea. We have been playing with these type of things. And that's where it's kind of this nice fortuitous um, meeting where thank goodness that um, Kim was injury prone. And thank goodness we've been practicing. <laughs> that's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> we've been practicing with different materials in the lab. And so that's, that's kind of how it, how it all started. And so as we um, continue down, down that path, um, we also kind of think about, the body itself. So um, the body is really good. So anything that you put on like a pair of pants, shoes, um, a brace, um, compression pants, uh, we all get this, what's called a, a proprioceptive type of feedback um, to the body saying something is on your leg or something is moving or something is um, influencing how, how you move. Um, the biggest um, amount of importance of the biggest so the most important factor, though, is how does the body interpret um, what's placed on the, on the body itself? So hmm. the sensors of the body with regards to how the knee is changing position and how it actually adapts to some type of motion. So if you have something kind of stretchy, um, it actually, the body is really good at interpreting what that is because our muscles are stretchy. So if you can imagine 
um, taking a muscle out or better yet, imagine taking a rubber band, put it between your two thumbs and kind of moving it apart that mm-hmm. our muscles are just like that. They're viscoelastic. And so the body is really good at understanding um, changes in force that are related to the stretchiness. So as you more and more stretch, the more and more resistance, and then therefore you actually reduce that, that motion at a particular joint. And so compression ideas were perfect, I think, for this idea of what can we substitute for a hinge and shell, make it comfortable and also interpretable by the body with regards to how um, the tensions and, and stresses across the knee can, can um, basically balance out to uh, and it, our advantage of our design. So if, I hope that's not too much with regards to some of the mechanical details, but um, what was really interesting to us is that when Kim came down there, um, he had um, not only an ACL, but he had uh, a certain style of walking, which is called bow-legged. So a, a mm-hmm. various type of gait where uh, imagine like the cowboy in the old Western would walk in with the chaps and the heels, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those big boots. And so when you have that type of, of motion, you, the inside part of your knee joint is, is high pressure, high loading, and basically um, generates this overload over time and therefore in, into pain. So really when coming from orthopedics, we said if we can develop a pattern, a banding pattern, like we embed it into a, um, a compression type of pant that actually helps stabilize that joint in that front you know, side-to-side motion of the knee joint, that actually would work the best because now you wouldn't have to interfere with anything that your knee extending and flexing. And it also could help support how that side-to-side motion is. And soon we, we, we found out that not only would that type of banding pattern help with the motion going out, but also with the motion going in, much like um, a lot of the females are what we call valgus or knock need. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the, given the the, um, the hips and the lengths of the femurs, um, we know that those knees want to move inwards, and that actually causes a lot of issues, whether it goes inwards or outwards, whether it be patellofemoral issues, IT band issues, um, just a lot of complications. So if we mm-hmm. if we can actually work within a window, uh, that knee working in that window, that side to side window, that we can help control the boundaries of. Um, that's kind of what our goal was. Now we had to do the research to figure out if that's the case that we're actually doing is working. Wow. I mean, everything you're just saying here, it's funny because the more I'm I'm listening, I'm just thinking about different segments of our community. And certainly I'm thinking about a lot of, I mean, certainly a lot of runners and CrossFitters and, and even to some degree, maybe, well, I, my friend Whitney Jones, she's a bigger competitor. She's had ACL, lots of knee surgeries. So a lot of these, not necessarily bodybuilders, but the female figure competitors, um, they are performing in, in fitness routines and having, you know, quite a lot of issues. Runners, um, we hear this a lot, certainly IT band issues. I used to run a lot more regularly. I don't run as much as I used to, and I've never been like a marathon person. I've just been more of a casual runner, but I do know I experienced IT band um, issues. We hear a lot of Achilles issues, um, IT band, and just hearing the my rudimentary understanding of how your how this apparel can work, that's pretty extraordinary because again, what what we and many in this community have been exposed to has been strictly, you know, compression socks for recovery. Like this is going to help your muscles not tighten up. There's never really been anything that's going to help maybe course correct for lack of a better way of saying it, you know, the way that your 
body is moving or leaning. And this might be a silly example for you guys, but I'm curious, you know, you're talking about how Kim had, um, like he was tending towards bow-leggedness. And I remember I did the Avon breast cancer walk um, years back and it was 60 miles. And I wore very inappropriate clothing because I felt fat and I didn't want to wear tight clothing. This was a long time ago. And I ended up getting chafing on my thighs because I had loose cotton shorts on like an idiot. And so the longer I walked, the more that I was overcompensating and kind of making my thighs you know, move out and, and not touch each other. And by the end of the race, I had twisted my ankle because of the way I was walking it and making my ankles go even, you know, more to the outside. What's it called? I'm completely going blank and I'm very embarrassed. When, when runners have your, like you said, not the knees, but when your ankles tend to go in versus pronate versus supinate, that's what I was looking for. Um, by the end of that that walk, even though I wasn't running, I I literally had injured my ankle so much by the funny way I was walking um, that I couldn't. I I literally had to have my foot. I had to get crutches <laughs> and like crutch across the finish line because of the. And so that's what to me I'm hearing you talk about the way our knees move and that all of these other issues, IT band issues that are caused because of that. Um, Really, it's very exciting to think that you're, what you've developed here could help with that because you're going to have a lot of people be very interested. I mean, it, it's fascinating. I've never heard anybody addressing this. And, and I'm just curious, do you, how, how well do you feel just traditional compression gear works to help an athlete? Is it just really like, hey, here's some tight socks and it's not really doing much more than that? I never felt like it was doing much for me. Yeah, that's, that's been a really kind of a common question with regards to why is opedics different than like a standard compression idea and even though opedics has that standard compression base layer and a banding overlay it um they're they're what i put them in the category of what's called directional compression okay so we basically apply forces a certain in a certain way when you wear them um a standard compression is more like a circumferential squeezing and so how i how i differentiate the the two ideas is is um, a compression type pant is basically really good at supporting muscles and a directional compression is really good at supporting muscles and joints. I think oh, that's wow. maybe the easiest way to, to describe the difference. And so many people, let me write that down. That's good. Um, that's a very good and simple way to, to explain the difference because um, yeah, you know, I, I think that I see so many athletes, again, triathletes, we've got CrossFitters, we've got, you know, runners, marathoners, I mean, everybody, everybody and everything in between. But certainly a lot of people who are listening to this show, because we poll our audience regularly, there's, there's a good amount of CrossFitters, a whole lot of, of runners. Um, everybody loves outdoors, you know, they're hiking. And I, and I know that, like I see, I've got your website pulled up in front of me, we've got people hiking, um, they're biking, they're triathletes, um, a lot of Pilates and yoga people um, and then just kind of folks that are in the figure competitor like gym rat space like myself so this is going to appeal to so many because they've never had anything like this that's addressing like you said muscle and joint and I think most people who are experiencing joint issues are looking for all kinds of other ways to address it or they don't even think it can be addressed Um, so could you maybe explain a little bit more about how it's going to how this directional compression, like how is it helping with the joints? How does, how does it, 
I'm not, I don't even know how to ask it because <laughs> I'm not the science person. <laughs> right. So I, I think, um, I think that the main idea of, I think what would be really interesting to explore and what we're talking about right now is with regards to the, the motion of the knee itself. We'll, we'll use the knee as an example here. Um, the motion of a knee or of a joint and as well as how do the muscles control that motion. Okay. And so what I call is a, a kinematic window. So a kinematic is basically the motions of, of our body. So our position, velocity, accelerations. And so when you have this window of motion of a particular joint, any joint you can think of, um, it basically likes to move within a certain amount of range of motion. And so if it moves too far one way or moves too far another way, not only do you start to increase the, the amount of pressure, but you also increase stress of the soft tissues like ligaments and mm. tendons that cross the joint as well. And so uh, when you have those type of things going on at the joint, where you have, if you have some type of mobility, we'll call it issue, um, you may also start to have problems with how your muscles are actually working. And so what we typically do in terms of our, our motor program, so how our brain controls our muscles and our, our strategies to coordinate, um, how that influences it, it actually changes how your pattern of, of motion and how, therefore how your muscles produce that motion. So as you get into pain or just like your example of the, the chafing part of it, that that pattern no longer is your normal walking pattern. It's here's the new pattern that you've started to use because of that pain. And so that, that we actually can use that to our advantage, especially with people who have um, extremes, um, types of range of motion with regards to the um, side-to-side -side motion of, of the knee joint in this case, where if you can actually just give the brain what I call a bumper, a bumper on one side or bumper on the other side, um, it actually optimizes how those muscles work within that range and therefore become more efficient when it's actually given that bit of information of how to how that knee should be moving. So mm. then you go, well, should anyone use that or just people who have problems with range of motion? Hey, everybody, you've reached the end of part one of this two-part episode with Kim Gustafson and Dr. Mike Decker of Opedics. Make sure you tune in to part two.